Okay, so my question for tonight, uh, it's twofold. One, um, it's in honor of Pride Month, maybe, kind of. Um, just, yeah, save your judgment. Um, but also, because we were talking about this just before we started recording and I hadn't thought of a question yet, because, hey, we haven't done this in, what, like a month and a half? At least. Oops. Um, so, um, so Lydia was showing... Uh, like a picture that somebody shared on Facebook and it was a bottle of rainbow colored mayonnaise called craft real gayo. Now full disclosure, we have since determined that it's fake. It's not real. Um, although they have had weird mayonnaise flavors lately, yeah. but <laughs> it's also made, it says that it's made with uh, bonus trans fat, which not going to lie, uh, took me a couple seconds to get (laughs) (laughs) and then also closet free eggs so my question is if real gayo was real what would it taste like i put you on the spot so i can go first unless you have something figured out already i kind of do okay so looking at this it just reminds me of remember the uh colored uh ketchups that they had yes definitely underrated Yes, but also some of them did have weird flavor, like weird taste to them. I'm just imagining looking at this that it just is going to taste like Play-Doh smells. Ooh. And I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I'm pretty sure they make Play-Doh where you can eat it anyway, because, you know, kids are kids and they're going to eat Play-Doh. But I'm not sure I want that on my sandwich. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing that I thought of with this real gayo, um, when it comes to tasting the rainbow, this mayonnaise <laughs> tastes like Skittles. And that is, I know if that's a good or a bad thing, and that's a bad thing. All those fruity flavors on <laughs> a BLT, which is what's on the bottle. Like Tomato is a fruit, but that's not that's not the right place for it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not the right fruit. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right, so um, like I mentioned before, uh, we hadn't done this in a little while. I... uh, I was in a play in here in Springfield, uh, the Laramie Project. Uh, probably called talked about it a couple of times. I don't even know, um, but that's done and over with. I really wanted to get back into the studio, um, and everyone else was like, "Nah, brah, I'm busy this week," except for Lydia, because you know apparently I have no life. And thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having no life. <laughs> I mean, you need a little bit of a reprieve from planning a wedding. I mean, that's true. That should be a special some night. Like, we don't do our normal show. We just help you plan your wedding on air. Hmm. And then we could plan Matt and Tap this, too. It'd be yeah. great. Yeah. I like this idea. Yeah. And we should get real drunk beforehand. Yes. And make questionable decisions. <laughs> 
Betsy, we're going to have a separate book from the notebook that I actually have for my <laughs> wedding planning. And we're going to jot all these notes down so that I don't ruin my good notes. And then I can scroll through them later and go, hey, that's not a bad idea. Or, oh my God, what were we thinking when we decided this? Or, that's a good idea if we change this, 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 and maybe that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, this is a good idea if we just don't tell Kevin. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So speaking of good slash bad ideas, I don't know if you noticed, I meant to say this before we started, but I did, since Tabitha's not here, did give you the shame bell. Oh, you did. It is in front of me. Yes. So just, you know, be kind. I'll try. Be kind. I make no promises. Yeah, that's fair. Because I can't promise to not say anything shame worthy like I do. I'll try to channel her if I feel like I need to pick it up or not. Be like, what would Tabitha do? Would she shame Mitch or would she not? She would shame Mitch. So, all right. So the first thing that I want to talk about tonight, um, this kind of came out earlier this week, maybe last week. But um, in the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series, Moses Ingram plays Reva Savander, who is hunting down Obi-Wan for Darth Vader. Um, Unfortunately, She's become the victim of uh, online hate with fans, and I'm using this term very loosely here, uh, sending her DMs, using foul language, calling her the N-word, all that kind of stuff. So, um, she said in a video posted on Instagram, she said, quote, uh, there's nothing anybody can do to stop this hate. I question my purpose in even being here in front of you saying that this is happening. So, um... Ingram has received a ton of support, uh, not only from real Star Wars fans, but also from co-star Ewan McGregor. Uh, he said, if you're sending her bullying messages, you're no Star Wars fan in my in my mind. Um, also, the official social media accounts for Star Wars said, and I love this, they said, there are more than 20 million sentient species in the Star Wars galaxy. Don't choose to be a racist. I love that. Right? Um, she also has received some support support from Star Trek Strange New World star Anson Mount, uh, who said uh, that she's been targeted by racists pretending to be fans because her mere existence threatens a skewed dystopian fantasy that selectively admits omits the likes of Billy D. Williams and others. We, the Trek family, have her back. Like, I, I cannot believe that. Well, sadly, I guess I kind of can believe it. That we're in 2022. And we're still dealing with people that are this hateful about basically nothing. Right. Like, full disclosure, I haven't watched Obi-Wan yet. Um, So I haven't seen her. I haven't seen this character. It's okay to not like a character. Oh, absolutely. And it's slightly less okay. Like, I think it would be one thing. We probably wouldn't even be talking about this if people were sending her private messages saying how bad her character is. You know, dumb, but okay. You can you you can have that opinion. Mm-hmm. But once you start attacking the person, then you you've lost all rights, you know, to your argument in my opinion. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but if you have Star Wars and Star Trek telling you that you're a racist? Yeah, say so those two things you're probably racist. together. Yeah, yeah, you you've you have completely screwed up if you have those two sides of that war both against you. Yeah. And then you've got like Battlescar Galactica in the background being like, 
that's not cool, bro. But like not really doing anything about it. <laughs> like props to Anson Mao. Like he is like he spared like he pulled no punches with his post. Like absolutely not. I love that man anyway. Yeah. Say, it it doesn't surprise me that he jumped to her defense anyway, but yeah. Just he he almost like led the charge for the Star Trek people to get in on that, I feel like. Which oh yeah. Is even better. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah. Yeah. I mean and again, I can't say whether or not, you know, she's a good actor or that she's good for the show like that's not what i'm talking about because again i haven't seen it i don't have that frame of reference but to hate her based solely on the color of her skin whether or not you like the character or not is completely ridiculous completely ridiculous got a couple of things to talk about briefly with the pull list uh this week um both of these books are already out in fact this first book actually came out last week but um, I wanted to talk about it because I was super excited for it. Uh, and, you know, like it's it's a book that Vault has been um, plugging a lot and it's kind of it had kind of pulled me in. So the first book I'm talking about is Fox and Hair number one. Uh, it's out now from Vault, written by Jonathan Suey with art by Stacy Lee. So Fox and Hare are the most feared mercenaries in Mazu Bay uh, after Awara Yi uncovers top secret data that Sinistry Designs really wants back. She turns to the duo for help. Um, this book kind of had me sucked in from the first page. You know, um, it gave a little bit, like, it gave just a taste of, like, the connection between Fox and Hare. Uh, and I've meant to write down better notes than this. And I don't remember their their real names, but those are their mercenary names. Um, so it gives just a touch of their backstory but at the same time, it's like by the end of the first issue, like it, it left me wanting more. Um, but also just like I'm really digging this story because it's been out for over a week now. So um, the, the the data that Sinistry Designs has, basically it deals with reincarnation, which is, you know, like those types of stories where, you know, like you're dealing with past lives or whatever that always has kind of intrigued me. So I, I'm I'm here for that type of story, um, but yeah, it's futuristic. It's I don't know. It's just really cool. I really, really, really want more of this. See, I wish I had remembered that the pull list was a thing because you know we haven't done this in a month or so, and I completely forgot like everything that we do. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, and you know, to be f- also fair, um, I meant to update our review calendar for the pull list. Um, I said that I was going to do that last week. Did not do it. Um, when I was when I was planning the show out, I w- last night I was like, "Oh, I've got a few things that we could talk about." And yeah, like I I know how hectic your life is, especially right now. So like, I didn't even bother being like, "Hey, can I put more stuff on top of you?" <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, "We'll just talk about it." It's so cool. you know that plate that's like a foot high already. Here's some more stuff. <laughs> right. If you can read these two books for me by tomorrow that'd be great (laughs) so the next book is called self-defense family run the dragon um it's out now from z2 written by patrick kinlan with art by uh gorian gilovic uh so relst is trapped in an endless dungeon um and basically he 
tries to escape with help of friends question mark um i am not finished with this i meant to be i have mm, probably not even 20 pages left and it's probably something that i'm going to try to finish tonight uh this book is weird it's it's funny like this book had me laughing out loud in a couple of spots um one of his kind of friends is this giant spider um who you know had saved him at one point but it's just like i don't know like the spider's kind of sassy a little bit at times as spiders tend to be <laughs> yeah but like i don't expect them to be this sassy this spider's pretty sassy but yeah like he's got that one of his other um companions is like this singing dwarf which is for all intents and purposes like a bard you know like i'm just like okay like 90% of this guy's dialogue is song. That's pretty funny. This sounds like a mixture between a video game and a Dungeons and Dragons like <laughs> plot that just ran amok. I mean, a little bit. You're I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Especially with the Dungeons and Dragons aspect because there's there's a couple scenes where it's like all would have gone well except this one person messed up the campaign. <laughs> you had to go and roll a one exactly <laughs> so speaking of video games um we're gonna start trailer takedown but our first matchup it's actually we have a video game based on a sci-fi franchise going up against a new tv show based on a video game so our first matchup is gotham knights versus star wars jedi survivor I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Um, so we all know my Star Wars knowledge is very, very limited. Still, I have finally seen first three, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Overall, like, the trailer is very intriguing. And I am astounded how graphics for video games are just continuing to get more and more and more realistic. Overall, like, I'm not going to play it. So it's just like, oh, pretty, cool. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, Gotham Knights, you know, living with the Batman nerd that I do. I'm sitting there trying to psychoanalyze it as I'm watching it. <laughs> but I am intrigued with the idea that it's going with. And the characters seem likable. And I kind of want to sit down and watch this with him just to hear how much he complains or approves of this stuff. So, great graphics aside, Star Wars is never going to pull my attention quicker than Batman is. So, I'm going to go eight for Gotham Knights and two for um, Je Jedi Survivor. I think is that what it's called? Okay. So, um... Yeah, complete opposite of you on this one. I figured. Yeah. Um, with with Gotham Knights, uh, we've been doing trailer takedown for the better part of a year. You think so? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've disliked a trailer more than I've disliked this one. Huh. A, it's like four minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless I'm sitting in a movie theater, trailers do not need to be that long. Um, second... I disagree with you. These characters are not likable. 
I I was not a fan of eh, Joker's daughter. Okay, like maybe she's mostly what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but this main kid Tanner Turner, whatever his name is, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, because. Batman actually has a son, and that's not his name, right? Right, right. His his real son, his name is Damien. That's right. Now, I've never played Gotham Knights. I don't know anything about Goth- Gotham Knights. Uh, this Turner Tanner, what's his name? Do you remember don't his name? Even okay. Know. This guy, uh, he may be a real person in the game, but I don't know. Um, it's just, yeah, like, and didn't. Didn't Arrow already do the whole, you know, Batman's dead thing? I don't remember. I never got yeah. that far into Arrow. I didn't get very far into Arrow either, but I I could have sworn somebody, you know, like that that, that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I was just I was not a fan of this trailer like at all. Um, I've not been in the uh, Berlantiverse for a quite a long time um, and really Legends of Tomorrow was the only one that I was sad about not being caught up on but whatever it is what it is um, Gotham Knights nah you, you're not you're telling me CW you canceled all your most of your other DC shows but you're getting that one Ooh, Ooh bad move um, Jedi Jedi Survivor um Again, I've not played any of the games before. Uh, the graphics look really cool. Um, Cal, Cal Kestis, I think, is the the main character's name. Um, sounds correct. Yeah, uh, I know that uh, Cameron Monaghan uh, voices that character, but like it looks exactly like him. And before the actor gets any older, they need to do an adaptation. Like whether it be on Disney Plus or in the movies or whatever, with him as that character, I think that that needs to be a thing. Um, but yeah, like again, I I probably won't play this because I feel like with this I have to play all the other games leading up to it. But still, this this kind of had me. So I'm giving all of my points to Jedi Survivor and um, Gotham Knights. You get nothing, and you like it. See, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it more, I think a lot of it, too, is also, you know, the fact that Misha Collins is in it, and I love Misha, so if I get the chance to watch more of him, I'm going to, but also I just kind of want to hear Kevin rage, so. You're evil. Slightly. (laughs) That's why you guys love me, though. I mean, yeah. So, with a score of 12 to 8, Jedi Survivor moves on. It's going to meet the winner of Pinocchio versus Willow. Now, um, Pinocchio... Like, the first half of this trailer, I wasn't feeling... I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those trailers that doesn't show you anything, doesn't tell you anything. And at the end of the trailer, like, I mean, yeah, we all know the story of Pinocchio. (laughs) Duh. But um, at the end of the story, like, I still don't... Didn't know a whole lot of where they were going. But still, uh, Jiminy Cricket looks awesome. Um there was one scene. Did it look to you like Jiminy Cricket was going about to go up some bird's butt? <laughs> like uh, I don't remember that in the cartoon. PG um, thirteen, <laughs> right? But uh, but yeah, I mean, and again, you know, it's got Tom Hanks in it, so it's like, you know, that at least is worth a few points. Um, but yeah, I mean, is this going to be of the live action adaptations that Disney has done? I know I watched Lion King. That might have been the only live action adaptation that I've seen. 
So <laughs> I liked it. Not going to lie. But anyway, um, with this being on Disney Plus, there's probably a greater chance that I see it. Um, I don't think that I would go to the movie theaters to see it just because I just probably wouldn't. Nothing against it, but whatever. Um, Willow. I, I, if I've seen the original Willow, I was a very small Mitch and I don't remember it at all. Um, but this, like this trailer, it was magical, you know? And I was like, okay, this is awesome. Um, let's go back and watch the first one and be ready for this one. Um, I'm giving Willow seven points and Pinocchio three, uh, Lydia. Yeah, I have to agree with you about uh, Pinocchio. Like, it started, and it started very slow. It's like, okay, enough of us know the story at this point. I guess we don't necessarily need to be led in the direction of where this movie's going, but a little bit more information would be, like, nice. Figaro was adorable. I mean, I know it's a cat, but it was was adorable. Yeah. I kind of have to disagree with you a little bit about Jimny. I think they could have did a little bit more detail with him. He almost just looked like his face was just windows paint green and that was about it with eyeballs. I will say, have you seen the She-Hulk trailer? Yeah. They did a lot better than they did with She-Hulk. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Like you with just your hair is already a better She-Hulk than what they did. You should have seen me this morning before I wiped it off my face. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um... Tom Hanks, yes, always gets points, no matter what. So I'm curious to see it. I'll most likely watch it just because I'm a huge Disney nerd anyway. I still don't necessarily think that we needed a live-action Pinocchio in the same vein as the rest of the Disney stuff. Like, we already have live-action versions of Pinocchio. Just leave them be. But I'm, I'm intrigued to see more than the trailer gave us. Willow, I 100% agree. The trailer was literally just magical and say i like you said i haven't seen willow in a very very long time but i remember loving it as a kid and i want to go back and watch it just so i can sit and watch this series and i'm so happy because i remember us talking about this when they first announced it being very skeptical about all of it i love that they have warwick davis coming back i love they're playing into what the original movie was i want to see this I'm going eight for Willow and two for Pinocchio. All right. So with a score of 15 to five, Willow moves on. So we have Willow going up against Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, let me let me write down my points real quick so that I'm not skewed by you. Um, but I'm going to let you go first. So, yeah. Cannot wait to see Willow. I want to watch the movie. I want to go back and watch this series because it looks amazing. I still have to give some points to Jedi Survivor just because of the graphics alone, even if I don't quite understand where it's going because I don't Star Wars that much. But it's still getting points for graphics. So I'm going to give three to it and seven to Willow. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm basically for the exact same rationale that you're talking about. Um, I'm giving eight points to Willow and two for Jedi Survivor. Again, will not play this game, but the graphics look really cool, and I fully support anybody who does play this game. Uh, so again, with a score of 15 to 5, uh, Willow is this week's will- winner of Trailer Takedown. Y'all forgot that I can't talk. 
We'll go with that. Right. <laughs> All right. Which can we can we just appreciate that the two people that struggle speaking the most are the only two <laughs> people that showed up this week. <laughs> you know, the others have have their moments, except for Tabitha. Tabitha like she's like ninety nine percent on it. Yeah. I feel like if she's stumbling over something, she's like very, very angry about something. <laughs> Which I mean, she's already she's already always very angry about something. But yeah, you had that second very in, and yeah, that's what throws her off. Mm-hmm. So too very. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are not doing a guilty pleasure dumpster fire this week, um, but in its place, we are we are reviewing something. It's something that we talked about. Um, it's something that I was worried about. And even last night, Lydia, when you watched it, you sent me that message. sounds like you were still worried about it. I was terrified (laughs) because I watched the trailer for it and I was just like, I don't know. (laughs) Did we, did we talk about the trailer or was that one during our hiatus? I think it was during our hiatus because the trailer came out not very long before the actual movie did. I don't think. The trailer is what sold me. Really? Yes. The moment I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, I see where you're going. I am here for this. So we are talking about Disney Plus's Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, This movie, like I said, it was recently released on Disney Plus. Stars Andy Samberg, John Mulaney, and a score of cartoon characters from your childhood and maybe adulthood. <laughs> um, the film shows us what happened to Chip, Dale, Monterey Jack, Zipper, and Gadget after the show goes off the air. And when one of them goes missing, it's up to Chip and Dale uh, to put their differences aside and solve one last mystery? Question mark? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we we already know my feelings on I mean, I'm going to go more in depth. But I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this movie, Lydia. <laughs> so from the moment we knew that this was going to be a thing, I was terrified because this was one of my absolute favorites when I was little. And they have a nasty habit of, you know, taking your childhood and just stomping all over it. <laughs> Watching the trailer did not help that any say because for one thing i completely missed where they're like oh they all got a facelift so i'm like why does the animation not match <laughs> like that made me so angry because i watched it at work so it didn't help any i grabbed a glass of wine i sat down very trepidatious last night and for the first 15 minutes or so i was sitting there going what in the hell did they do <laughs> and then i started catching on a little bit i'm like okay I see what you're going for. So they're basically actors in the in the series. Okay, that makes more sense with what you got going here. And then the longer it went, the more it sucked me in. And the more I started catching the references <laughs> to various things. And then I started laughing. And yeah, by the end of it, I'm like, I can't say that I hated it. Like, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so, and there were so many little things. Like, if if you blinked, you missed things. Oh, absolutely. And now I almost want to go back to catch more things. Although, bring him up again. Kevin made a good point and has a good question. Is this what our parents felt like when Roger Rabbit came out? Because this I mean, movie is basically our generation's Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I mean, maybe. And I'm not going to go into it too much because I don't really, I don't, I don't remember exactly the rationale. 
but there is a fan theory that this is basically a direct sequel to Roger, to Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. I could see that. Yeah. And Roger Rabbit's even in there, so right. it would make sense. Right. Um, yeah. Like like I said, once once I saw the trailer, I, I was I was ready for this. Um but uh but yeah, like when they first announced it, especially when they said that it was gonna be live action and animation, I was like, mm-hmm. no, I want no part of this. Um But yeah. Um, this movie, it was just, it it was wonderful for me. Um, it's definitely family friendly, but one of the things I loved about it is that it's family friendly, but there's a lot of adult humor. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean, you know, like inappropriate adult humor that just goes over kids' heads. Like, no, this is adult humor in that these are just jokes that we understand as adults, you know, um, which I think is great. I mean, you know, with... With movies like Shrek, you know, that's one of the main ones that comes to my mind. Like, the adult humor there, it's just like, you're going to see it when you're 25 and you're going to be like, ooh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what they were talking about. Yeah. You know, this one you just had to be alive during the Clinton administration to understand. Um, I, I like the uh, the stinky cheese, like, yeah, reference isn't the right word, but comparison, that's it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I did think hearing Chip and Dale have normal, like, non-squeaky voices, uh, I thought that was a little jarring at first. It took me a while to yeah. get used to that, especially as kids, because mm-hmm. it starts out with them in, like, yeah. elementary school, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I was expecting, you know, at least little kid voices there to be a little more high-pitched, and they weren't still, and, um, it, yeah, it took me a good... 30 minutes to get used to those voices coming out of those faces yeah but like i liked how they had an explanation for it and that it wasn't just we're being lazy and slash we paid andy samberg and john mulaney way too much money to not hear their actual voices which that might be what actually happened behind the scenes but still they had a good explanation in that you know like they came up with those voices when they decided that they were going to go into acting Mm -hmm. um which that's that's awesome. Um, I will say Gadget and Zipper's relationship kind of made me a uh, l- little yeah. uh, little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, especially considering our LodgeCon cosplay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love you, Tabitha, but no. <laughs> but like, but yeah, in general, like this is just. Yeah, that their relationship, while while I'm here for it and everything, but at the same time, it's it's weird. It's like how how did they have all those babies? I, did, I'm not sure. I want the answer to it, no. and I simultaneously feel like I need the answer to it because I have questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of in the same vein with Roger Rabbit, we kind of talked about it, but like the insane amount of cameos in this movie was just oh it's phenomenal it's like especially in this day and age where like everything has to be like so like you know like legally defined and you know like whatever like how they were able to get cartoon characters from like literally every animation studio yeah like it was it was incredible and going back to what you were saying about you know like going back to miss some stuff like i'm sure that if I watch it again, I'd be like, oh, hey, I didn't see that, that person the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
Peter Griffin is one of them. Like, he was a blink and you miss it character. I think he was in there for, like, a second. Yes, I didn't see him. I saw somebody else from Family Guy, but I know I didn't no. see him. Well, maybe maybe I was thinking of whoever else you saw. Quagmire? Is that his name? Mm. I, I don't Family Guy all yeah. that often. I don't know. Anyway. But, but yeah, just like, yeah, the, the way that they were able to get everybody and, like, MVP of this movie is Ugly Sonic. Yes. I was a little upset because that was, like, one of the few things that was actually spoiled for me for this movie. Like, I saw, um, I saw, like, a couple of posts on Facebook where, you know, like, you know, the, the page or whatever, you know, like, it mentioned, you know, like, a really ugly cameo, and I didn't think anything of it. And then, like, I don't remember which one it was, and I might have unfollowed them over because I was that upset. Um, they just, like, flat out. And I'm even talking, like, the day that this came out oh. on Disney+. Plus. It's not even like, hey, you waited a few days, and I got spoiled because I didn't watch it. Like, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you didn't even give me 24 hours. And I saw Ugly Sonic, and I was like, oh, man. But, like, even watching it, it still, like, was yep. way better than, oh, I say it's the same because I, I knew it, he was in there somewhere, but as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And like, and it was even that one, like they kept saying, you know, they kept calling that one a cameo or whatever, but like. He was a legit character. He was a legit character. Like, you know, not a big role by any means, but, you know, definitely more than a cameo. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was around for quite a while. Yeah. So, um,. Don't want to get in too much about it because, again, like, it's something that we could probably spend the rest of the hour or however long, you know, we're going to record tonight on. But, like, the opening weekend for Chippendale Rescue Rangers, not completely without controversy because, like, what was it? The day after it premiered, news came out that, you know, like, John Mulaney had a show and he invited Dave Chappelle as an opening act. And... Dave Chappelle is still currently, you know, being criticized for his, you know, transphobic humor and all that. Um, Why are you not recording? Okay. You are recording. If I forget to edit this out, just know that I'm dumb. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Panic. (laughs) But yeah, so it was, and again, like, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it, but at the same time, it was like, oh, this was like the probably the worst possible weekend mm-hmm. because you know poor decisions but yeah all right uh we only have a couple of entries for gut reaction but let's get into some gut reaction Oof, gut reaction and we're gonna start tonight talking still about disney like disney plus hashtag not sponsored um <laughs> but we've talked a lot about it tonight um and ugh. and the next thing is also a Disney property. Oh well. Just face it, Disney owns like practically everything at this point. That's true. You're not wrong. But anyway, um Disney's uh for your consideration website previ- previously listed Hawkeye uh for an Emmy, like in the category for an Emmy re- award for outstanding limited series. Now it is listed in the outstanding comedy series category, uh, leading some fans to think that a second season may be in development. Because um, for 
to be like considered as a limited series, basically this like the series has to tell an entire story, you know, any future uh like anything that you do past that can't be connected to the first series, you know, like at all, you know, things like that. So I'm going to go thumbs sideways on this. Um, I absolutely loved Hawkeye and um, I, I want more. I'm very excited at this prospect, but until they say, Oh yeah, we're getting a season two of Hawkeye. Um, I'm still trepidatious, I guess at best. So Lydia. Sorry. Um, I say I had been seeing the rumors about a season two, but I didn't know like all that backstory. So hearing that, it almost wouldn't surprise me to actually see a second se- season out of out of it. See, there's that not being able to talk thing. <laughs> um, Hawkeye is one of the series that I have not watched again because you know life suddenly started to go somewhat back to normal, and now I don't have time to sit down and watch TV anymore. Um, so I don't really have an opinion as far as oh i'm really excited i want more because i don't know but seeing as it's still a rumor and there's no solid answer yes or no yet i'm gonna go thumb sideways until they actually put their foot down and say yes this is happening or no you guys are idiots yeah (laughs) which i mean it's disney they can call me an idiot and i'll still keep coming back for more yeah yeah (laughs) Um, so it was announced at Star Wars Celebration that Marvel is releasing a 10-issue Yoda miniseries. Marvel Comics, I should say. Um, the first arc of the comic is set during the High Republic area, era, not area, um, <laughs> and will feature the creative team of Kavan Scott and Nico Leon. Um, yeah, I'll give this a thumbs up. I, uh, I stopped reading any Star Wars comics. Um, when Marvel first uh, relaunched, relaunched the Star Wars line, I read a good chunk of issues. And then since then, I've read some series here and there, just depending on the character. Uh, Yoda is one of those characters, like everybody loves Yoda. And, <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong, I love Yoda too. But like, he's one of those characters, everybody loves him, but like, does anybody really know a whole lot about Yoda? Maybe that's the point of the series. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So like, I'm still I'm still undecided on if I'm going to pick this up uh, because uh, my my to read list is is scary. Um, if it were to fall on top of me at this point, it'd probably kill me. Um, but yeah. But who knows? I might. Lydia. I mean, I don't comic a whole lot. My my comic repertoire is basically what we get sent when I can read it. <laughs> and yeah, if I was going to sit down and read a Star Wars comic, because again, I don't really Star Wars, I, I could see it being, you know, a series about Yoda. So <laughs> thumbs up. I mean, if I was going to read it, that would be the one that I would probably go for. So um, this is normally where I would say, we have time for one more story, um, but I mean, we have we have time for like five more stories, but I only have one more story to share tonight. Um, so, yeah, this is a fun one. I am scared. Yeah, you should be. So, Lego is about to release a farm set, uh, complete with sheep, pigs, other barnyard animals. Uh, if PETA gets their way, 
The set will be renamed an animal sanctuary. According to Mimi Bekichi, uh, PETA's VP of International Programs, uh, the farm set doesn't reflect real farming, something PETA calls a, quote, bloody, cruel business. Um, in a letter to Lego, PETA said, quote, the pastoral scenes depicted in your set are far from an honest representation of farming for children. These traditional farm to- animal uh, toys whitewash the horrific reality of life and death for animals raised for food. Uh, this rebrand would help children recognize that animals are sentient beings to be cared for, who feel joy, pain, love, and grief, not edible commodities to be used and abused. Peta, step off. If you want an animal sanctuary, there's this thing called a zoo that is, you know, specifically intended to rehabilitate animal that. A farm is not an animal sanctuary, no matter how you look at it. Not every animal is raised for slaughter, but I'm pretty sure Lego's not including a butcher house. Although, it's funny you say that. Oh, no. Because personally... I feel that Lego should release, you know, what according to PETA would be a real farming set, which would include a slaughterhouse and would allow kids to, you know, just slaughter the animals themselves. Ooh, are the animals like, you know, the human Legos where their heads pop off and like their legs come out? You know, maybe. I'm not 100% for sure. I didn't get a, like, I kind of zoomed in on like the packaging and like it kind of got blurry at that point. So I think that the animals are like are, are together already, but darn. Because it would be funny if they were like the actual like little people Legos where they just like came apart into multiple pieces. Because then, yeah. you know, you could put a little knife in your Lego person's hand and then just <laughs> scatter the <laughs> animals around and then really piss Peter off. But, but yeah, you know, I'm twisted like that. So I think of things like that. But like seriously like (laughs) of all the things for them to go after yeah lego yeah like really there's if you really are that adamant about wanting to protect animals and make people like more aware of not killing living beings like there are way better places and times and things to protest than legos like, it's fine if you're a vegetarian. It's mm-hmm. fine if you're a vegan. Like, more power to you. But, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like at this point, PETA is doing more harm than good for their cause. You know? Yeah, they're causing people to resent them, no matter if they're vegetarian or not. Right. Because like, I've even, like, seen some people, like, that are vegetarian and vegan looking at these, like, PETA things that, that have happened going, like, Really? Like, I don't even eat meat, and I think this is stupid. Like, right. if you have the people that you're supposed to be advocating for against you, there's a problem. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I feel like PETA will never really succeed in their cause. I don't really feel like they can. Right. Unless everyone's just going to turn Hannibal and just start eating each other. <laughs> Which I guess they'd be okay with. Do they advocate against eating people? That's a good question. Maybe we should tweet that. 
I mean, I guess we are technically animals, so... Yeah. But even still, people for the ethical treatment of animals, like, a lot of us are not treated ethically, PETA. Why, why are you not, you know, like, standing for us? Get it together, PETA. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but before we go off the rails any more than we have... um. I haven't done this in over a month. Let's see if I can remember this because I have issues with it beforehand, even when I am doing it on a (laughs) weekly basis. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, check us out on social media. Uh, While you're there, give us some feedback. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, from everyone at the Geek Awakens, most namely me and Lydia. Um, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Uh, Lydia, say bye. <laughs>